Today on Talking Sports with Tony V. One of our most popular episodes featured local sports coach Jim Quigg and was centered around the very important topic of youth sports. Today, we catch back up with Jim and also welcome from Proactive Coaching, Bruce Brown. That's coming up on Talking Sports with Tony V. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Tony V. Uh, great to have you with us. I want to thank everyone for your kind notes and letters, and especially the woman that sent me the flowers from, uh, I believe it was Houston. I'm kidding. I didn't get any flowers. I did get some the other day from my wife. I have no idea where this is going, Rohit. But anyway, hey, listen, we're going to bring Jim Quigg on in a second to talk about uh, upcoming spring sports, baseball, soccer, and whatever else, uh, tennis, what kids do. A little bit about this, uh, I'm going to call it the Russian tragedy, but I don't want to pick on Russians, uh, but this, this whole Olympic thing was sad. And we also want to talk about an article, a really great one, an op-ed uh, piece in the Times uh, recently. So, Jim, welcome back to the program. Wait a minute now, are you on vacation or what? We sure are. We're down in Texas at Six Flags having a great time taking a break from the roller coasters, Tony, to talk with you. Good to hear your voice. Outstanding. That's a, that's a cool place. I'm guessing the weather is, uh, is pretty decent. Yeah, it's it's seventy, sunny, no clouds. It's typical Texas weather. We we do miss Seattle, but we don't miss, we don't miss the clouds. No, no. Hey, hey, have a great what a great spot that is too. Well, Jim, a couple of questions. We won't keep you for long, but I do want to uh, bring you in first of all with baseball, soccer, and stuff coming up. What uh, what have you been? What will you be working on this year with your own kids? Are they in both of those sports? Oh well, yeah. Actually, we're here. We just uh, Max game was last night. We're sorry to miss that. Lily's got a game. Uh, you know, we're, we're missing today, but it's worth it spending time with family here in Texas. And uh, we actually just did the draft for Max Little League Baseball at Mustard Seed and in, in Newcastle the other day. There's all sorts of sports going on in in the Newcastle area and, and in our family. It's it's a great time to to have kids. Well, absolutely. No, there's no doubt. I don't, I don't want to start on a, on a, a downer, but I'm sure everyone saw uh, at least part of the Olympic Games and, and part of this, uh, this Russian skater, Camilla Believa, and how she had an unfortunate, uh, not only got involved with, some, with a doping scandal that we think yeah. was caused by, perhaps by her coaches, then she has a horrible gold medal appearance and finished fourth out of the running and on top of that, her coach basically berates her in front of millions and she starts crying. I mean, to, to me, Terrible. I almost started crying when I saw that. What was your impression? I just, no, you shouldn't treat people like that. I mean, just remember, she's, she's not, I mean, she's so young. And, and you see that sometimes. And it, I think it's our responsibility as, you know, folks that try to emulate your attitude to, to remind folks, you know, hey, treat people right. You know, this, this is an opportunity to, to show, to show um, an athlete you know, uh, the, the right side of humanity and, and not, not treat somebody that way. It felt terrible for her. And I'm sure she'll bounce back as, as all great athletes do. But um, this, this is a learning moment for her to be sure. And I felt, I felt pretty bad. Yeah. Well, frankly, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm hoping she bounces back, but, but in certain parts of the world, uh, there, there's 10 other young ladies ready to jump in and suddenly she becomes less important. And I, I, again, that's probably a political commentary that I shouldn't have made, but, but it is an opinion. I've covered that particular sports for 40 years, and I've seen it happen before. There was a great um, 
article, an op-ed, if you will, by Nathan Betts, who's a pastor over in Bonnie Lake, and you saw it. I read it, it. yeah. Yeah, uh, and basically saying that after one of the best games any of us have ever seen, which was the Bills and Kansas City uh, in a divisional playoff game, uh, AFC, you had uh, Patrick Mahomes miraculously wins the game uh, and jumps up and down with his uh, teammates, but then he immediately races over to congratulate Josh Allen, who at the time was the losing team. I hate to use the term losing because there were no losers in that one. But, I mean, he basically said, look, this guy's a great quarterback. We are celebrating uh, the competition. We're we're competing with each other and not against each other. That was his theme. It was a beautiful column. He wrote about a beautiful moment in sports that reminded everybody, you know, these – we battle each other. I mean, heck, you and I have played sports. You know that, right? You get together, you, you foul each other, you, you keep score, you try to win. But at the end of the day, you're playing with each other, not against each other. And and Mahomes and, and Josh Allen reminded us of that on the biggest stage around and after an amazing battle. And, and when I'm coaching my kids, you know, you got them out there trying to play each other and win the games. And they all know what the score is and they're trying their hardest. But when they're friends on the other team, they get so excited and they coach Jim, coach Jim, you know, Savannah's on the other team. I can't wait to see her. So it's fun that the kids still have that spirit. And it's, and it's our job as parents and coaches to keep that spirit alive that he was pointing out in the article, you know, Mahomes and, and Josh Allen, two of the greatest quarterbacks ever, really. If you look at their recent performance, they haven't forgotten that they haven't forgotten what it's about. We're playing with each other um, at the end of the day, not against each other. Oh, that's true. And you're right. You, you brought up an excellent point, Jim. And that is that kids, Kids are born with that. The only time that that attitude may go out of a kid is when he is influenced or she is influenced by someone who's got the wrong message, frankly. And yeah. uh, uh, and that's just, uh, unfortunately, how that does happen. But uh, good for you for keeping that going and good for uh, Patrick Mahomes for keeping it going and Nathan for writing that article. Because you know what? It also... It, <laughs> it doesn't just have to be sports. What about one of the... One of the, one of the one of the most difficult and negative areas of our lives in the last 10, 15, 20 years, and that's politics, where you're competing yep. against someone, but really, are you competing against someone or with someone? And when you win or they win, are you suddenly enemies? Absolutely. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the way the Constitution was set up, uh, and I hope we get away from that at some point, but that's one of the reasons I like that column, because it's not just about sports. It's about life itself. It's so, yeah, we need to learn that at the end of the day, we're all humans trying to, you know, help each other, you know, enjoy our lives together. And yeah, yeah, Republicans and Democrats, people that like Pepsi, people that like Coke and all sorts of differences between us. But there's so much more that unites us. And sports reminds you of that at the end of the game. You know, the kids think it's kind of silly, but, you know, we get in the line and, and clap hands and say, good game, good game, good game. That, that's that's an important thing to teach these seven-year-olds. And and I think the people in Washington, D.C., if the people in Washington, D.C. at the end of a vote could get in a line and say, good game, good game, good game, and remind themselves that there's always a tomorrow, um, it would be a much better world, Tony. You know what? They should do that. I love the lineups at the end of the youth games. You always have both teams. Isn't first. it the best? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, high five, you low five, whatever kind of five you're going to do, and they should do it at the, every session of Congress. Nancy Pelosi and, and McCarthy. McConnell should yeah, line and, up and say, good game, good game. Can yeah. you imagine that would be a hoot? You, I, you, you could sell tickets to that, I'll tell you. And Yeah, I think. Yeah, in fact, I think I'm going to write them both. I'm going to email both of them. They'll never see it, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> and I'll say, look, you guys should you never have know. just one hug. That's all I want. Just hug each other once, please. Anyway, so, hey, one other topic before we let you go and get back to the fun at Six Flags, and that is Sue Bird. Sue Bird, 
signing back Signed for her, again. <laughs> her wow. 19th year. How do you play 19 yeah. years in pro basketball? Well, yeah, she wants it to outlast Tom Brady, I guess. Huh? It's it's True. absolutely remarkable. Nobody takes better care of themselves than Sue. It was an honor playing, you know, against her for eight seasons. And I've seen it, you know, in the weight room and her diet, her sleep habits. She's just, uh, she's such a treasure to um, Seattle sports, to, you know, a, a role model for girls everywhere. And to have her playing another season at the level she's at is, it's so fun to watch. We're watching history, you guys. There's no, there's no doubt. And she'll come back. And uh, obviously she picked this a year to come back because she's she's physically feeling good now. And the fact that Brianna Stewart is back and and they've signed a couple of uh, players that were on the team before who made such a huge difference in the past year, uh, yep. they're going to be good. And uh, Sue wants to be part of that. I'm sure that's part of the reason she's deciding. Well, maybe this will be the last one, but I got to do this to see how it comes out. So well, then, and she mentioned the fans are a big reason she did. It. I mean, it's it, people they hear it. And I think, you know, they're humans. I mean, you, you wouldn't, you know, maybe Michael Jordan, Sue Bird, those type of people, you think they're in their own bubble, but that's, it's still a sport. It's still fun. They remember it. We should all remember it. And, and Tony podcast like yours is, is a great reminder for all of us. I, I love that you're doing this and it's an honor to be part of your podcast. Well, I appreciate that. I want to mention Jewel Lloyd, Mercedes Russell and Stephanie Talbot and Brian January and Gabby Williams uh, coming back in to play with that team this year. We wish them well. Jim, no yeah, oh yeah, and Lauren Jackson, who went into the Hall of Fame recently, and, and of course you've you've uh, practiced against. Oh, yeah. her. I've got plenty of scratches on my arm from her. I'll one tell the, you, <laughs> one of the all-time greats. Jim, have fun at Six Flags when you come back. Uh, keep uh, keep uh, driving those kids in the right direction, and always uh, smiling at the end of the game. That's the best way to go. Thank you for being All with right, us. Tony. Take care. Thank you. Okay, there you go, Jim Quig, joining us from his vacation in. Six Flags in Texas. Thanks to Jim Quigg joining us from Six Flags in Texas. Local coach, coaching his own kids and other kids as well as we talk about the importance of, uh, of, of fun and, uh, and positiveness and having kids love what they're doing. And, oh, you got to learn. You got to push them a little bit. For God's sakes, be nice. Okay, <laughs> joining us now, an old friend, not, not in terms of age, but just a long time, Bruce Brown with proactivecoaching.info. Proactivecoaching.info is where you can get a hold of Bruce. You've been coaching, Bruce. First of all, welcome. Good to hear Thank your you, voice. Thank you, Tony. Again. Thank you, Tony. Good to be with you. It's been a long time since you coached my son, Peter, back at Evergreen uh, Junior High School in Redmond a number of years ago. Let's run down uh, your coaching career real briefly, if we can, Bruce. You've done it all from junior high well, up to college. I I enjoy all ages. I enjoyed every part of that. Uh, and you're right. I coached in junior high school, seventh, eighth, ninth, um, and then in high school, and then a community college, and then in college. So that's been uh, quite a trip. And you're still now proactive coaching. Is that um, a, a business that uh, do you travel? Do you do seminars? Do you uh, what's the what's the gist of that? I'm guessing it's the same type of coaching we're doing, but on a larger scale. It's character-based coaching, Tony. It is. It involves. Uh, we work with coaches. We work with athletes. Work with team leaders. We work with parents, and uh, we've spoken in person to over one and a half million people in the last 18 years. So, it's uh, been grown pretty organically. Uh, we have uh, published materials, booklets, and DVDs, and books, and stuff like that. But mainly, we do in-person presentations or go down and work with teams in person. 
Well, that is super. It's great. And I think coaching parents is uh, talking with parents is helpful. Having uh, working with my son, Pete, coaching first and fourth grade girls basketball. Actually, there's mixed. There's some boys in there, too. They have a great time. They love it. There's a smile on their faces, whether they miss, whether they make a shot, (laughs) whether they dribble (laughs) off their foot. Uh, because that's what we're trying to promote. We're trying to say, hey, you know what? This is first supposed to be fun. Second, we're going to learn some rules along the way. And uh, third, you're not going to go away crying. We want you to enjoy what you're doing. Uh, I'm guessing you agree with that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, We work primarily, Tony, we work primarily with high school and college and, and some professional teams, but we do get into youth sports occasionally, normally when there's an issue. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I know I don't want to uh, I don't want to beat this into the ground, and we don't need to comment much on it today. But obviously, the most recent issue has been in the Winter Games with the uh, with the young Russian skater Camilla Valieva. We also saw her uh, uh, basically just crushed after her coach uh, berated her. Once she had a she had a tough long program. She should have been the Olympic medalist, or at least had she skated clean, she would have been the whole blood doping thing and all that. It was just a sad chapter, but unfortunately it's not uh, an isolated chapter in today's uh, world of sports. And that's what you guys are fighting against, I'm guessing. Well, that's part of our battle, but uh, uh, it is, it was just, that was difficult to watch. I think for all of us uh, who love sport and love kids. And that was, uh, that was tough. What are the base lessons, Bruce, that you start with? The, if there are one, two, three, or four basic rules that you start with when you're talking about character-based coaching? Well, the truth is it, it is possible to teach character and uh, to incorporate character as part of your daily teaching and as part of your culture. Uh, and I had a principal ask me one time, he said, Bruce, it, he said, how do you teach a value? How do you teach character? And I thought, you know what? I only know how to teach things one way. I was trained as a physical educator, so I understand the rules of motor learning, the way that you teach your physical skill. And so that the rules of motor learning are you define the skill, you model the skill, you shape it, and then you reinforce it. So if you're teaching somebody to slide in second base who's never seen a softball game before, you'd define why a slide exists. You'd show it to them, model it, done correctly. You would shape, which means you're molding the behavior through repetitions, and then you'd reinforce anything comes closer. I, I think that you can teach character the same way you can teach courage or integrity or accountability the exact same way. Define, model, shape, and reinforce, Tony. If you're talking with parents, and I know you, you said you're working with high school and college athletes, but let's face it, the parents are even more involved at, at, at that level. I have known, I know, for example, a baseball umpire in the Kirkland area who's umpired baseball for 40 years. And uh, what he does routinely before every baseball game, no matter what level it is, is he gets the fans on both sides of home plate and he gets their attention and he says, listen, folks, you're here to support your families, your kids, your coaches. Uh, if I hear anything negative coming out of the crowd, you will be you will be tossed out and you will not be welcomed back. Now, that's kind of hardcore, but he's had to do that in recent years. And you, your message may not be quite as harsh but oh, you, it's pretty direct. <laughs> but what is it's your pretty message? Di- yeah, it's, it's pretty direct, Tony, because, um, you know, first of all, your umpire friend, there's a shortage of officials in every sport at all levels. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. And one of the, I mean, there's, a, and mainly it is uh, people who start off volunteering for those things. But then you also think the next generation of officials is going to come from our players. 
And so when players are constantly observing adults, whether they're coaches or parents, berating officials, the chances of those kids raising their hand and said, that's something I want to do, gets really slim. And, and our officials associations are getting older and older and older, and the younger officials aren't coming in. And that is nationally. That's not Washington. That's everywhere. Sure. So the pre- presentation of parents is an interesting one. It's, uh, it's the only one that's not our material. We have about 17 different presentations, but uh, everything in that particular presentation came from my athletes. And I would never think I could go in and tell somebody how to parent their kids. But you know what? Kids do. And so when I first started coaching, I had a great mentor coach who suggested to me that I get feedback my players. And the purpose was for me to shorten my learning curve, Tony. So I was asking my players a whole bunch of questions um, that I trying to get their feedback. And when they answered those questions, I thought, man, that that's helpful for me as a coach. But that's even more important for me as a father. And so everything in the presentation of parents actually came from kids. So we talk about the responsibilities they have before the games begin, during the game themselves, and then after the game ends. And it's a, it's a very direct presentation because kids will tell you the truth, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they will. and, and I love that about them. And I, you know, I, I tried to always get feedback, my players, because you got truth. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and so that's where the presentation came from. One of the things, you know, and I think you've seen this, Tony, um, one of the things that I think people need to be aware of is, is what do you consider youth coaching? And, and for me, when I talk about youth coaching, I'm talking about, you know, uh, probably under eighth grade or seventh grade. So after that, it pretty much gets pretty serious. But if you look at the, this is a, something that uh, I, I learned from another mentor is the stages that athletes go through, Tony. And the first stage is the joy stage. Right. Oh, man, I love to play. I love to practice. I can't go away to go home and then shoot baskets with my mom or play catch with my dad. I love this. Maybe it's I just I love the snacks, but there's a joy there. Okay. There's a there's a joy there. Then comes the technical stage. Somebody older than me is trying to teach me stuff. Yep. We lose a few kids at that transition because they don't want to be hot stuff maybe they did not have a teachable spirit maybe it is a negative experience with the coach maybe it is too complex but what if for whatever reason we lose some people at the technical stage mm-hmm. then then comes the competitive stage the scores start to matter my performance matters my performance determines my playing time it isn't just my performance against opponents it's my performance against my teammates in practice gives me more or less time the competitive stage is uh, hopefully not starting until about 12 or so. But the truth is, uh, according to a uh, Michigan State researcher guy, um, said that 72% of kids are done with organized sports about age 13. Wow. wow, wow and so wow. when you think about that, Tony, that's that competitive age. A lot of the kids are out dropping out there because – all of a sudden their talent matters and they haven't maybe got enough talent to make the team. So that's part of it. But there's an awful lot of kids drop out at that age because they don't want to be compared. They don't want to be put in that competitive cauldron. So they avoid that. Then the last stage of, of being an athlete, it's a mastery stage planned beyond high school. Mm -hmm. And what's happening and what's happening around the United States is that the competitive stage is getting shoved down to a younger and younger and younger age so the joy stage lasts about a week, and here they are playing kindergarten basketball, and 
people are upset about the score or yeah. people are, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. wait a minute. Some yeah. of the things we've heard, we've heard some stories that have just been crazy <laughs> about that age, you know? Oh, so man. when you think about that as a coach, you've got to say, what, what age, what stage are the athletes in that I'm coaching? And then how do I, the, here's what the great coaches do, Tony. They take that strand of joy and they pull it right through each of the other stages. They take that strand of joy. They pull it through the technical stage. It's fun to learn new things. It's fun to challenge myself because this coach or my parents have made this understandable to me. And it's fun to get better. Boy. Then the, the, the great coaches pull that joy right through the competitive. It's fun to compete. It's fun to go out and test myself against other people. It's fun to just be challenged, uh, you know, win or lose. It's fun to compete. And then the great coaches pull it right through the mastery stage. Yeah. You see that, you see that with the, you know, even the Rams this year where they have a coaching staff that is not, they're not yellers and screamers and they're, they're teachers, you know, so there's a joyful, part that needs to stay in the game at all stages of being an athlete yeah boy boy and, and you put that in, in a nutshell that's a great way to put it pulling the joy stage through the other three stages that's yeah. that is perfect you're absolutely right uh, about the joy stage because with the first grade kids that we're coaching it is all about the snack and i uh, the one thing i love the most are 10 <laughs> I, I laugh every time i see their faces because they're so cute ten, <laughs> 10 of the kids uh, i think there's three boys and seven girls so pete and you're allowed on the court one coach is allowed actually on the court to let the kids know okay now we're on defense you got to get back mm -hmm. with your hands up uh, and the other coach needs to sit with the kids which i do and uh, watching so the five are on the court going back and forth and one of the kids turns to me last week and says what's our snack today? <laughs> I just gave, I gave him a high five and I said, you know what? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm thinking, that wow. is really funny. The, yeah. what's, the what's our snack stage is a short one, but um, <laughs> on the other hand, yeah. And it was great observation to, to, to use the Rams as an example, because I think that is, that was a very good example the way they put that together, the way that, you know, that Aaron Donald basically is crying on national television, so excited and joyful to get yeah. to, to win a Super Bowl toward the end of his career. And uh, it's real. Those are real emotions, and those are good emotions that people, uh, you know, like to see. Uh, Bruce, let me ask you this. How busy is your spring and summer? Do you, are you traveling? What's happening now with your... You know what, Tony? I'm in the process of passing the torch of our business to our, our partner, Rob Miller, who lives in Kansas City. We have a speaking team of about eight people that travels all over the world and speaks. And I've pretty much backed off from the travel. Um, and, and coaches will come here if they want to work with me. Sure. Uh, we live up on Camino Island and we have a, a guest house. But uh, there's always a few places, places I'll go uh, based on mainly on friendship. I'll always go back to West Point. I love that. That was unbelievable experience. I've been back there three times. I'll always go with Tim Corbin down at Vanderbilt baseball, uh, you know, Heather Tarr at the University of Washington softball, yeah. uh, yep. uh, Chip Kelly, wherever he is, I'll always go there. So there's a few places I'll always continue to go as long as I'm physically able to, sure, but sure, uh, sure. the rest of it's being picked up by the, by our rest of our speaking team and Rob. Super. Okay. And, and anyone interested just goes to proactivecoaching.info. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of names that so we're going to, we're going to close on this and uh, I'll ask you to recall a name out, throw out a couple of names of people that you <laughs> have, have coached. And I know one is Jim Moore is one of my favorites. Jim's been on this 
uh, podcast before talking about uh, everything from Cougar basketball and football and his to his two twin boys and all this stuff. But Jim is one of the many alums, uh, one of the many guys. Can you name uh, other men and women that you might have coached over the years? Well, you know, you know, I loved all my kids, and whether they were the best player or the or the weakest player, whether the beginning or or you know, so I've just I've had I've been really blessed in my career, Tony, to have just wonderful kids and 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 wonderful families uh, that understood their role. So you know, I, there's just so many. I I just I mean, you coach for 36 years, you coach at all those different levels, and for me, I, I usually coach more than one sport. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. it was it, there. But Jimmy is uh, he's special to me. He always will be, and he always says, "Coach, you're the you and my dad are the only ones that call me Jimmy." He said, "I could always tell when you're good and upset at me because my it came I, he shirted at the gym, and he said I could always tell when you're really upset because you called me Mora." <laughs> oh man! So we're talking about. Uh, you know, uh, did I get to, we're talking Jim Mora or Jim Moore? Yeah. Oh, we are we're talking Jim Mora. Oh, that's even better because yeah. I was thinking, you're talking about the UConn football coach now. Yeah. Oh my God. I was thinking Jim Moore, who was the old PI columnist who, oh, still, I, yeah. Yeah, who still does. But, <laughs> no, but Jim Mora, I'm glad you brought that up because then we cleared it up because Jim Mora was always one of my favorites. He coached that one year with Seahawks. I started with them in 05 after I left my television career. Jim came in 09, as you know, and then yeah. he was with them a year. And then I saw him resurface and I'm thinking, wow, UConn. My sister went to UConn. My brother-in-law went to UConn. <laughs> my 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 niece goes to UConn, and and they've got a, a really decent program and a wonderful facility. Man, I wish him all the luck in the world out there. I think he'll do great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he is going to do great. That's, he's he's got a passion. He's yeah. got a real passion. He does, and, and, and he came from a great family. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I had his two brothers as well. So that's right. That's uh, right. As a matter of fact, one of his brothers lives down in Bend, and his son is the starting point guard for uh, one of my former players. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Holy cow. John Frazier is coaching down at Bandit Summit High School, and, and Mario Mora is is uh, his point guard, and they're undefeated. Oh, so, of course. Of yeah, course. it's fun. And I it's just, really fun. I was just reading the paper about Heather Tarr's team and this this – this young player they're calling Babe Ruth, who's, who's like uh, 15 for her first 15 at-bats. I'm going, what in the world's going on? But Heather Tarr. Heather Tarr yeah. Tar is one of my favorite people in life. She could coach any sport, either gender, and be equally successful. True. She's amazing. Yep. She's She could coach college football. She, and I, I tell people that all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty special. She uh, she and my son went to Redmond High together. So there you go. Yep. There's a connection. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, it's been a joy to, to hear your voice and, and to talk with you again. And um, thanks for all you've done and all you do. And, uh, and have fun doing whatever it is you do next. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Tony. You're the best, bud. Take care, Bruce. Have a wonderful weekend. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Bruce Brown is so funny that he, he had mentioned Jim Mora and Jim Mora. Of course, they're both good friends of mine. But uh, Mora, the name coming up uh, on one of our other podcasts, is now the new uh, head football coach at the University of Connecticut. And they are pushing and pushing to get athletes to go there from all over the world. I may help them recruit. That's how excited I am about Jim Mora coaching at UConn. So, Rohit, pretty good lessons there. What do you think? You played youth sports, and you know the the four the four categories, the four stages, joy, tech, competitiveness, and mastering stage. He is right on the mark with that.
Yeah, it's interesting to see the pathway that he's laid out. And it's true if you think about it. When you first start doing sports, you're you're full of fun and excitement. And then as you get a little bit better, you start working on looking internally to fine-tune your skill set and your mindset. And you know, yeah. at what point does it stop becoming fun and starts becoming more about the mechanics and the skills? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? You're, you're being a motivational uh, a teacher yourself, instructor, speaker – you can bring some of this, these same things to, to real life and to business and all that, where it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's similar, no matter what you're teaching. Yeah, and one of the... Life coaching. Yeah, one of the future guests that we're going to have is Colin Henderson, who does this uh, motivational speaking, especially around sports. And uh, he's spoken to some well-known names and so excited for that episode. Cool, absolutely. There's, there's, uh, there's so much to learn. That's one thing about life I love. You think you know it all? Well, I don't think I know it all. I think I know about a tenth of it. So I got 90% to go. And in fact, we're going to sign off now so I can get started on the 90%. Thanks for joining us on Talking Sports with Tony V. We will see you next time.